0: Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast. This is Pastor Corey Lahery. And the Church on a Hill podcast is a ministry of Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We are glad you joined us for this podcast, and we hope that that this will bless you. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us today. Wherever you're listening to this message or watching this message, it's good to have you with us to hear the Word of God together. Um, this week, I decided to have a little Bible fun with artificial intelligence. I haven't uh, messed with any of the the AI chat options that are out there until this week. And so I, I used one of the options that are out there, artificial intelligence, and I asked it, who are the 144,000 in Revelation chapter 7? And the AI chatted back after giving some general answers of different things that Christians say the, the AI robot wrote out this. The AI robot said, this is a complex and controversial topic that has different views among Christians. In this context, a human might say that you should consult your pastor or a trusted Bible teacher for more guidance on this issue. Amen, AI robot. Thank you for that answer, but, but then I decided to ask another question. I then asked, what are the five main views of the 144,000 in Revelation chapter 7? And, and after giving a short explanation of five of the most popular views that I won't list here right now, the, the AI robot wrote, quote, as you can see, there is no consensus on this issue among Christians just a pause, the robot is right there, Uh, and the robot continued, in this context, a human might say that you should study the scriptures carefully and prayerfully and compare different views with respect and humility. (laughs) I thought that was a pretty good answer you know, that, that you should study the scriptures, you should seek out those who know more. In the first answer, the robot said this, and you should do it prayerfully, carefully, and also with respect and humility. And may that be our approach as we come to the, the Word of God, careful, uh, prayerful, with respect to the text, with respect towards one another, with humility. So even the AI, the artificial intelligence knows studying Revelation can be difficult, requires guidance, it, it should be done carefully, prayerfully, with humility, so let's take that in. And let's consider again, why are we studying Revelation? This, this, this bold and beautiful and difficult and often confusing book, why are we reading this together? Well, I think one of the reasons we're reading it together is it helps us to learn to read the Bible rightly. There are, there are lessons to be learned about how to read imagery, how to understand God's word. So it's, it's good for study practices of Christians. It's good for our spiritual growth. It helps us. Another reason why is it helps us in our our following of Jesus. What, what's called discipleship, our student following of Jesus. We're we're not only learning information. We're we're seeing this image of the the the, the church, persevering and being part of God's plan and. Am I doing that? Am I living a life of following Jesus and persevering no matter what comes? This book helps us to be better disciples of Jesus. It helps us in our, our prayers. It helps us in our prayers. It helps us pray. We see prayers here. It helps us be overwhelmed by the goodness of the Lamb of God and praise God and, 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 and pray to Him. It helps us in our sharing of Jesus, our urgency for sharing Jesus with a world that is broken and needs Him we see repeated, repeated reasons in the book of Revelation that the people of God should share the good news of Jesus with the, the world. Uh, why read Revelation? Because it keeps God at the center. God at the center and God worthy to be worshipped. So it reminds us that God needs to be at the center we, we, we don't have the gravity, as we said last week, to hold things together. Only God does, and God is worthy to be worshipped. So Revelation reminds us, keep God at the center. God alone is worthy to be worshipped. And another reason that we should rev- read Revelation is it is a book dripping with the love of Jesus. It encourages us to receive Jesus, the Lamb's love, and then it, it encourages us, with Jesus' love, to love like he loves, even when it brings tears, love like the lamb loves. Let's pray as we hear again from Revelation. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, dear Lord, for you alone are truly our rock and our redeemer, our author and our perfecter. You alone should be reverently worshipped You alone should we fully follow. You alone should our lives be founded upon. You were, you are, and you are to come. And you have things to show us here, Lord. You have things we need to hear. So I pray for whoever's listening or watching this, Lord, that you would help them to pray for themselves, that they would be hearing your word rightly, that you would help them to pray for other listeners current and future, that you would help them to pray for me and other preachers, that we would rightly declare your word, that it would be used for the building up of your kingdom, the sharing of good, your good news, the bringing in of people to your, your kingdom. May you be glorified, we pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in Revelation chapter 7 and we're going to take a brief, brief break from it next week as we have a Mother's Day message from elsewhere in the scripture. But we're in Revelation chapter 7 uh, today and we, we have seen the, the opening of the six seals and now we have this kind of pause before the seventh seal is opened where we are going to see this, this throne room of heaven again and we're going to see some, some folks in this vision. Along with the angels and, and, and the elders, the 24 elders that are around the throne of God and around the Lamb, we're going to see uh, the 144,000 and a multitude beyond number, a great multitude. So let's hear uh, Revelation chapter 7. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God, and he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God On their foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000, sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. Twelve thousand from the tribe of Judah were sealed, twelve thousand from the tribe of Reuben, twelve thousand from the tribe of Gad, twelve thousand from the tribe of Asher, twelve thousand from the tribe of Naphtali, twelve thousand from the tribe of Manasseh. 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then, One of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God, and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, And He will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Friends, this is the encouraging word of God. The loving Lamb who loves His people. Who are the sealed 144,000? Well... I'm going to tell you what I think. I already told you that artificial intelligence knows that humans have different answers about this, but I see the 144,000, the sealed uh, people of God that are represented by the different tribes of Israel listed there as the same as the great multitude that right after that list of 12 tribes, 12,000 from each, uh, is listed as a, a number beyond counting. I see them as one one in the same. The hundred forty four thousand, though, as John hears it first, he's hearing that God is honoring this 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 heritage from Israel, right, and and that that they are from the tribes of Israel, and so this this honoring of God's bringing of salvation into the world through through Israel and then through the Messiah that comes out of Israel. But I see the great multitude following from that, that when John goes beyond just hearing and he goes to seeing, he doesn't just see 144,000. He doesn't just see Jewish people. He sees a great multitude far, far, far beyond 144,000, beyond his ability to count or number. And they're not just from one nation or 12 tribes. They're from all the tribes of the world, from all language groups, all nations. And so I see the 144,000 and the great multitude as together, but God giving this rich, deep imagery to say he's honoring the past that he brought the salvation into the world through. The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, was from a tribe of Judah, born in Bethlehem, right? And salvation came through that line, the the line of David. 144,000 represents the beginning of God's salvation work of Israel, and And yet God's beginning led to the ongoing growing kingdom of God that has people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And in eternity, both will be honored and remembered. But the entirety of God's saved people is far more than 144,000. It's beyond count for humans. And the good news, the beautiful news is God loves all people, longs for all people to be saved, though some will turn from that salvation, for sure, as we'll see later in Revelation, but God longs for you to be saved, no matter what your ethnicity is, or your, your tribal background, your language background. We have a multi-ethnic, multi-tribal, multilingual, diverse-looking group here in Revelation 7. They grew up in different places, they grew up eating different foods, they grew up speaking differently, but here together, they are as one people under the Lamb of God, and this is the the beauty of God's people in his kingdom. And what are these people doing? What are these people doing? Verse 9 and following says that they are standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Right, God, the Father and God the Son who is the Lamb are together as God. And the people are around them. They're, they're clothed in right, white robes. They have palm branches in their hands. And they're crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The Lamb, the Lord, is God, and God the Father is God, God the Holy Spirit is God, and God deserves to be worshipped, and they are declaring salvation credit to the Lamb, who is the Lord Jesus. Salvation belongs to our God, and He who sits on the throne, to the Lamb. And as or after the elders are worshipping God, there's this There's this interesting exchange that we see in verses 13 and 14. It says, then one of the elders addressed me. So one of those 24 elders talks to John saying, who are these clothed in white robes and where have they come? And that's interesting. I mean, John is the newcomer here. He's the one receiving the vision. He's not one of the 24 elders around the throne. He is receiving this vision. And so he humbly says in verse 14, I said to him, sir, you know, admitting that, you know, he doesn't know. It's okay to say that you don't know something. It's okay to read Revelation for the first time and be overwhelmed by it. John here, he's, he's not just a receiver at this point. He's a participant. He's being asked a question uh, in his own vision that he's receiving. It's a vision he's receiving from the Lord. And he, he wants the elder to answer it. And humility says, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a mystery to him, right? He's receiving this, he's not making it up. He wants the reader to know that that happened. The Holy Spirit inspired John to include this bit. He wanted the the original seven churches like Ephesus or Smyrna or Laodicea to hear, you know, as I received this, one of the elders asked me, do you know who these are? And I told him, you know, right? God has the right interpretation of Revelation and we should be careful uh, to not be proud as we come to the scriptures to force our interpretations on it but to receive the word of the Lord as it is right and and the elder says to him and we receive it that who are these who are these this countless multitude and it includes who are the 144,000 because they're together these are ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. This countless multitude, this, this representation of God's kingdom, these are God, the people God has brought into his throne room that are his people that have been saved from or in the midst of the great tribulation that has, is on earth. They are the ones coming out of the great tribulation, it says, and they are clothed in white, but this white Ha, th- this purity that they, they have, this covering that they have, they have it because they've been covered by Christ's righteousness that was made possible by his blood. They are washed or made clean by the blood of the lamb. It's a, it's a vivid imagery that these people who are worshiping and honoring the lamb in this, this eternal setting, the throne room of God, are God's people and they're able to be there in the eternity because of what Jesus Christ did on earth for us, shedding his blood for us, giving his life for us. This beautiful, loving lamb of God. Who is the lamb? Who is the lamb? The lamb is the Lord, the Lord Jesus. And the Lord is God, and He's with God, God the Father and God the Spirit. Who is the lamb? The lamb is the Lord Jesus. And yeah, he's God. Both and the same, a deep, beautiful, profound mystery that is God. Three in one, one and three. Jesus is the lamb. And what is the the lamb providing? He's providing purpose. It says that they are serving in his presence. The lamb provides ongoing service even into eternity for us to do for him and be part of his ongoing project. He provides purpose. He provides protection Protection, it says that they are sheltered in his presence, that that this is a place we need not fear, for we have the eternal protection of the Lamb of God. He provides for our needs. There will be no hunger there. There will be no scorching heat. We will be taken care of. He provides living, refreshing water for our souls, right? And the great shepherd, the great shepherd is just providing for his sheep but why are there tears to wipe away? Why are there tears to wipe away in eternity, in heaven? It says that their tears had to be wiped away. There is a saying out there that there's no tears in heaven, but that's incorrect according to the scriptures. There are tears that are wiped away. What do I think about this? What, what I think the straightforward reading is is that there is the pain or the brokenness of the world that God's people come out of with the memory of of that. That though there are those who wouldn't repent, that wanted to keep themselves at the center of their lives, that didn't want to receive the Lamb's love for them, right? Instead grew hardened. Even as they received brokenness from their own choices and things, they still don't surrender. And so God's people love like He loved. And, and we see Jesus wept over Jerusalem when He was on earth for... The hardness of Jerusalem, not wanting to turn to the Lord. The lambs people weep over the brokenness of the world. Because we love like the lamb loves. But he wipes away our tears. We will be healed and given a perfect consolation that can only come from our great shepherd. I don't know exactly how he will do that, but I I believe this to be true, that he will give us the perfect healing from that pain and that disappointment that that we have from seeing a broken world and from people who choose to live selfishly even when they heard of the good love of God. We will receive great consolation from our great shepherd. Now, my last point I want to end on is the lamb loves. Revelation is a book of love. Just like the whole Bible is a book about God loving us. He didn't have to create us. Why did he create us? Because God loves us and wants to pour into us, right? He, he wants to give us new life and be like a spring of living water gushing up from inside of us is how Jesus taught us in the scriptures. The lamb loves. He didn't just love in the gospels when he was on planet Earth as the son of God, is Jesus of Nazareth, the lamb continues to love into eternity and at the end of human history as we know it, the lamb loves. He is this, this perfect, good, consoling shepherd of the multi-ethnic, multi-lingual, multi-tribal church, right? He, his sheep, he loves them and he's, they're going to experience his protection and care and compassion. This should be enticing news for us Uh, to look forward to, for us to want for ourselves and to invite others into the future good plan of God. But it's also good for us to have hope in the present, right? That God is in control, no matter how difficult things get in our life or in this world, the Lamb loves and is in control. Now some, as they read Revelation, will not hear love in Revelation. They will see just vengeance or punishment. Right? They will see the difficult images that we are going to see, but they will miss the point of the lamb's love. Some did not hear love in last week's message, though it was said multiple times. Some did not hear it because it, it did it dealt with the, the opening of the six seals that have the wrath of people's consequences for living selfishly, right? And even that is love that God is. Allowing or honoring the choices that people make. He's still wanting the best for them. That's what love is. Wanting the absolute best for people, which includes being truthful and real and honest to them and allowing them to have the consequences of their free will and decisions, right? The opening of the six seals that the lamb did was a choice of love. That's a message of love. Of God wanting wanting people to come into his rescue, to come into his protection. He's not fearing people into relationship with him. He's saying, I am the one who loves you, and with me, you can have perfect consolation and compassion. But if you keep doing it your way, your consequences will keep coming, and humans will never figure out their problems on their own. Indeed, they will just eventually lead to their own undoing and destruction. God wants the best for his people. God will provide always the best for his sheep, warning them, preparing them, telling them even as they experience the most difficult things, he will never be separated from them. He is still in control no matter what. He is still the Lamb of God with Father God in the center of the throne room. And there will be these ones who come out of the great tribulation who've seen Uh, Terrible things happen on the earth. Martyrs through the history of the church who've seen terrible things. Christians who've had to live through terribly bloody civil wars or, or genocide. And they will come out of this with tears in their eyes, but they will also come out clothed by the Lamb's blood, washed white by His blood, made pure by Him. And He will love them, continue to love them. And they will be before the throne of God. And that is grace, that we can come before the throne of God. And they, we, if we are his, we will want to serve him in the temple day and night. That is empowerment. Our loving God empowers us. We're going to have ongoing purpose. We're going to want to serve him in the day and night, ongoingly as he served us. They are sheltered. We will be sheltered, protected from any future trauma or harm, healed from any past trauma or or harm by his very presence. The hunger and the deprivations of this world, the thirst, the scorching heat, all of that is gone and it's replaced by an utter sense of deep belongingness to the Lord, a sense of freshness, of, of life, of living water welling up from inside of us, the closeness the imminence, the presence of God and the pain that we did have is wiped away. Is this is all good news here in Revelation. Do you have eyes to see the good news in Revelation? It's not a book of bad news. It's the good news of the loving lamb and the protection he wants to provide if only people would turn from their selfishness. It's not a book, it's not a book of hatred. It's a book of love. And you know what it's not just a book of the future it's a book of the here and now it encouraged John as he received it and as he then shared it, it you know wrote it down and shared it with the seven churches originally and then with the churches it kept growing because the future that we're going to experience with the great shepherd who is the lamb we can also experience now because Jesus said I am the great shepherd and, he, and his word says that we have now started the eternal life. We're citizens of that kingdom now, the scriptures say. And we have the seal now, the seal of his ownership in our lives now, the scriptures say. He is present with us now. Second Corinthians 1, 22 says that his seal of ownership is on us. He has put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. This beautiful image of what we hear is to come, what we see is to come, is already placed in our lives by the presence of the Holy Spirit that we can have because Jesus has made us new. We've been made new. We're new creations, born again, born from above, and given the Spirit We have that as a deposit, a guarantee of what is to come. We have the the very presence of God that's going to be in the center of heaven is now in the center of the believer's life. And therefore, we can endure whatever may come. He is present with you now. He is your shepherd now. He loves you deeply now. You belong now. He can wipe away your tears now and you will be with him forever. And that starts now. We have the Holy Spirit, the presence of God here with us now. 2 Corinthians 5, 5. And God has prepared for us this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a pledge of what is to come. Friends, we see... We have heard what is to come, but we are beginning to experience it now by the very real presence of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe this? Have you yet to believe in Jesus as the Lamb of God who came to take away your sins? If there's any out there who have not believed this yet, just say, just turn to him and say, you are the the one who makes me new. You are the one who can clothe me and make me fit for eternity. You are my great shepherd. I need you. You alone can console me. Say it to him now. Pray to him in your words. And the Holy Spirit will be given to you as a gift, the very presence of God, because you've been washed clean. You've been made perfect by Christ's righteousness. You've been made a vessel of the Holy Spirit, someone who's going to be able to be in God's presence in eternity forever. Maybe you've believed it for a long time. Maybe someone believed it first today here. But if you've believed, You have his pledge of what is to come and that is good news. The good news of the lamb who loves. Oh God, you are the loving God who tells us the truth. You seal us. You protect us. We come out of the trials and tribulations of this world and we see the deep truth that you said to us that you have overcome. Oh God, we thank you We thank you for making us new. We thank you for for consoling us, for preparing us, for giving us this vision to encourage us and to have hope. And may we, may you help us to love like the Lamb, Jesus Christ, loved us. Help us to share with urgency like he shared. Help us to serve others who are different than us, like he served those who were different and supposedly unclean and all of that. Help us to love like he loved us. Help us to love like the Lamb, that others may hear of the good news and receive him and be welcomed into the great multitude, that you may be glorified and rejoice in. And all of your sheep that that get to join you in eternity. Thank you for making us God. Thank you for making the way for us to be with you forever. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, the next steps are the same this week as last week. I really want us to think of this book as as a practical book helping us to be better prepared, encouraged followers of Jesus. So as we hear it, as we hear the messages, as we study it in Bible studies, are you thinking about how you've applied last week's learning? Think about that. What did you, what did you put into practice? Were you more encouraged? Did you go out and share with urgency? Did you pray for someone? Did you, did you endure something because you knew that the Lamb was with you? How did you apply the message last week? How might you apply the message this week? What did you hear that can encourage you, or can build you up, can prepare you to serve this week, and then that, that last uh, step, which people are doing in our church family, read through Revelation, maybe a chapter at a time at first, maybe then bigger chunks, then listen through the whole thing, which a number of you have done. Uh, you know, we're going to read it together as a congregation. When we get to the end of our journey, it's going to be beautiful. But but now start to read it, and be overwhelmed by the goodness and the majesty and the, lo- and the love of the Lamb of God. Read it. Hear it. Be blessed. Thanks be to God for his word. Hello, friends. I truly pray that this message blessed you. And if you want to find out more about our ministries or listen to other messages or videos of our worship services, you can check us out at palousechurch.org, or search for Palouse Church on YouTube, or check us out on Facebook, or we are on uh, the Bible app. There's different ways to find us. You can always email me, Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at palousechurch.org to connect with me or send me a prayer request. We really appreciate you connecting with us in this way, and may God bless your day.